Hi, this is Netta. I have to let you all know that I am not Italian, but if you have ever seen me in person and I get really excited about something, my arms start flailing around and I can hardly speak without my hands and my arms and my facial expressions just going crazy. Chili often teases me that I must be like working out on a runway. Am I bringing in an airplane because my arms are just flapping everywhere? But that's just how I talk. And I might be talking to one person. I think I even do it when I'm talking to myself or I could be talking to a crowd of people. That's just the way I talk. And it's pretty consistent across the board. It's not just something I do in certain settings, which kind of brings us to where we are in Acts. So in Acts chapter five, um, remember that Felix the governor left him in prison and a new guy takes his place and his name is Festus. So Festus is the governor. He's heard Paul's situation. He he doesn't know what to do because he's like, these aren't legal charges. These are like angry, jealous people in Jerusalem that want to take Paul out. So he talks to King Agrippa now who rolls into town and he goes, listen to this guy and tell me what you think. And King Agrippa didn't really have like any authority over Festus, but I think the governor Festus was looking for some input. So King Agrippa's opinion would have held some weight for sure. And then at the beginning of chapter 26, um, King Agrippa is now wanting to talk to Paul and he's like, okay, Paul, speak on your defense. And it says, so Paul, gesturing with his hands, started his defense. So good to know someone else talks with their hands. <laughs> and Paul goes on to talk about his situation and what has happened and some of the same things that he's told other people um, in his own defense. And he actually tells about how he came to faith in Jesus. Then we come, um, verse 6, it says, I am on trial because of my hope and the fulfillment of God's promises made to our ancestors. Now, King Agrippa was familiar and he was from the Jewish faith. So right away, Paul is connecting it to something that King Agrippa can relate to. I want to just stop here. When we talk about Jesus or just the way we're living our lives, it needs to be relatable to who we're with. So let's just bring this right down to home. First of all, we have, we have to think constantly about relating our faith and our situations in a way that our kids can understand. When they are very little, they still notice and pick up on us, our expressions, our moods. They sense, of course, when we're upset or when we're not. And I, I always felt like it was an injustice for me to like try to hide everything for my kids and be like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Well, okay. So I'm lying and now I'm teaching them. It's okay to lie and to cover up your feelings. I've tried, can't say that I'm a, a, a professional at this for sure, but I always have tried and still do with my kids to give them enough of what's going on that they can digest it. Like just a little bit of an understanding if they're very little. For instance, if I'm very upset, um, I remember when Courtney, our second daughter, was a toddler and I was crying on the couch and she she toddled into the kitchen 
and brought me a towel like to dry my tears which is the sweetest thing and I just gave her a little explanation like mommy feels sad right now and crying is helping me feel better thank you so much and then I scooped her up for a hug and I wiped her tears I was relating what was happening to her another time she did that because um, I was praying with our pastor's wife at the time on the couch and I was crying because God was doing something awesome and she brought me the towel for my tears and I got to say Jesus is doing something happy in mommy's heart and it's good and I wiped my tears and gave her a hug giving our kids opportunity to hear the truth of Jesus from our life at a place where they can digest it and understand it is literally taking the message and making it applicable to them. Same with, I mean, when we're going through hard times or good times, let's share something of that with our children so that they can get it at whatever level they are at. Now, the same applies with wherever we're at. I mean, Paul was the king of being able to take the message of Jesus and and speak to his audience. It's like the Holy Spirit gave him the ability to read his audience. And I feel like the Holy Spirit will give us the same ability. Read your audience and figure out how can I share what I'm saying in a way that connects with them, in a way that they go, oh, I can relate on this level. Like when he was in one of the towns in Greece, he connected it with all the Greek gods that he saw. And he's like, oh, you know, I saw the unknown God. Well, I'll tell you who the unknown God is. He is the God, capital T, the only God. He's just so good at connecting it to where people are. Well, yes, it's a gift, but it came from the Holy Spirit. And so I haven't said this in a while, but the Holy Spirit is just more than something that happens to you when you give your heart to Jesus. It's more. I dare you to talk to God and ask for more because the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a separate event and it's powerful and it can guide us and give us discernment. I wasn't planning on saying all of that, but I think we needed to hear it. So first of all, Paul was so good and we want to do the same at taking our message and being able to make it understandable and applicable to whomever we are talking to, especially our kids, whatever age they are at. And then a little bit later on, I mean, all peppered again, all through his defense, he's talking about what Jesus did. And he's the same person. He's talking about his salvation story and how Jesus changed his life. This right here on his trial in front of non-believers, in the same way that he shared it with the believers in other places where he planted churches. Paul shared, maybe he he applied it a little bit differently, but he was the same guy because it was real. It was real. He talks with his hands when he's preaching probably, and he talks with his hands when he's on trial because he's talking about Jesus. It is the same God. And this brings me just to the second point. Are you different 
when you're at church and you talk about Jesus or when you're on the stage and you're and you're doing what you do in a Christian setting are you full of life and waving your arms around but then when you go to work you're just mopey and you're like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh or when you talk about Jesus you're almost apologetic or you don't talk about him at all ew let's be the same person let's be the same and that takes an inward change it's not a show it's an inward change. And I'll tell you, the, the times when God points out those differences in my life and goes, oh, you're this way here and you're that way here, I can't just say, help me, Jesus. I first have to say, forgive me, Jesus. I am not representing you well. Please forgive me. And then I ask for his help. It's an interesting step that we like to skip sometimes going back and admitting. And then sometimes I have to go back and apologize to the people I've been an Eeyore in front of or wherever I misrepresented Jesus. Let's be the same. If we talk with our hands on stage, let's talk with our hands when we talk to our kids. The point being, let's let the Holy Spirit help us be the same, read our audience, and be able to relate what God is doing in us to other people. That is what it means to be a witness. And that is just a little piece of my heart.